Welcome to the Sweet Fire Podcast, where we study and celebrate the lives of women who dare to let their fire light up the world. I'm your host, J.P. Mitchell, educator, author, speaker, and curator of great stories. The Sweet Fire Podcast was inspired by the picture book, Sweet Fire. Let's see what today's episode has in store. Today, I'm talking with Miss Brenda Joyce Johnson. She is an author, mentor, and coach. She's written a book called Get Noticed, all about how women can show up as their most excellent selves. She is also the founder of the Get Noticed Academy, which is a training center for female spiritual leaders to help them to lead with excellence. I have worked with her in different capacities as she is a creator and a solutionist, a problem solver in the community, particularly around youth. Uh, That was her lane, mostly when I was working with her. And so I know her to be a catalyst. She's a gatherer. She's an umbrella. She's a tree that people come under and kind of ideate together and create solutions to problems together. And so I was really excited when she agreed to be with me today on the podcast because she is a mover and shaker and I wanted to give listeners access and insight into the kind of mind that she has. And so I'll just jump right into it. So welcome, uh, Ms. Johnson. We appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Jahari, for inviting me. Yes. So let's jump into it. First of all, can you tell me what resonates with you about the Sweet Fire story and how do you see yourself there? Oh, Jahari, when I opened the pages of Sweet Fire, my heart and mind just started popping with thoughts and ideas and energy started to well up inside of me. And I I believe that every individual, every girl, every woman, even even women will be inspired by this book. It is so powerful. Well, every word resonates with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you can only share how something impacts you personally. Yes. You know, and we all want to impact. Well, I can't say all. But some of us want to impact one person at a time. It yeah. starts there, right? Yeah. And if you, they say, if you can reach one, you can reach more. Mm-hmm. Your book reached one, and that was me. Love it. <laughs> and so, okay, uh, I guess I ought to share at least one thing. Okay, so you mentioned when I opened the book, this is what you mentioned. You said, Girlhood is amazing. I could talk about that a lot. Girlhood for me was a disappointment. Mm. And I had to climb out of a hole when it came to girlhood. Talk about some some women when they read this and some little girls, they'll they'll feel all kinds of emotions about Mm. girlhood. But as you move forward in the book, if they're in a hole, you allow them to climb out of a hole. Mm-hmm. If they're there, you're going to spark 
And that's very important with the world, with the word, with sweet fire, mm-hmm. you will spark a lot and you will ignite a, a lot of energy because of what you say about girlhood. Mm. So girlhood is amazing. So that word, again, I had to climb out of a hole, Jahari. Mm. So I thought, well, some little girls will say, hmm, because they're a little bored with their life. But as they go through the pages, as they turn each page, they're going to see possibilities. Yes. Okay. So for me, it lit me up. Hmm. <laughs> in in a very few words, it lit me up. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Um, yes. So I feel like the answer to that that second question of how do you see yourself there is kind of like the story that you've shared of having to learn and find your special things and find your power um, through the course of your experience with girlhood and so forth. And I think I really love the fact that you have lifted that part up because we are great at telling victory stories and we, we're great at at least even sometimes creating <laughs> victory stories, but we don't sometimes talk about the hard things that we had to go through to get to our special place and to to rise kind of up into ourselves, if I can say it that way. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. And if you want to share more about that as we keep going, definitely please feel free. Um, but let me ask you this because I want to hear about you. Can you share some with us about who you are and the ways that you touch your world? Okay. So I touch my world as a speaker, an author, a coach, and a motivator, even though oftentimes I will, what I will mention is some of the things that I've accomplished as an author. I started a coaching business. Hmm. And why would I coach is a big question. I coach because I love to inspire. And that's what Sweetfire does. Hmm. So that's another reason. I, that's a side sideline to why I love your book, because it empowers, it inspires. Hmm. I love helping women find their voice. Hmm their value, and their vision. If you want me to simplify what I do and why I do it, it's all in those three words. Again, voice, we have one. Mm -hmm. We can utilize it any way we choose. Mm -hmm. Value, many of us do not feel our value, and you would call it your power. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, your book says so much. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a talk show. Wow. Okay, so feel your power in that, ladies. All of y'all out there, I want you to be on uh, Lady Mitchell's, <laughs> whatever she can call herself, whatever she'd like. I want you to see 
yourself on her talk show. I would love to be on her talk show and you would too. That's what I do. You know, I tell you what I see. Yeah. Jahari, I tell you what, you've got, you, you, you have yourself a gold mine. Hmm. Well, well, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And this is kind of an offshoot question. How do you decide what issue or opportunity or challenge in society that you want to tackle next? Because when I first met you, you were teaching etiquette and social skills to young people. And I didn't really fully realize, I thought I realized, I didn't really, really realize how necessary that was until it wasn't available in the community where I live when you moved on and, you know, moved to another location and started doing different work. And now that I have children who are nine and 10, I realize how incredibly awkward. I remember again, how awkward it is to get to know boys if you're a girl or get to know girls if you're a boy in a very safe, friendly, um, low stakes way that, which is very different from how society tries to introduce, (laughs) you know, um, the opposite gender. It's like, oh, you know, there's there's a lot of um, adultifying of children and so forth and just pushing them into um, what they don't need to be in at early ages. And so what I saw you doing was it was a counter to that. It was let's create a space where we can just learn how to socialize, talk, dance, eat together and so forth. And that was powerful, powerful work. So I didn't really fully understand how important it was that you were intentionally building spaces where boys and girls had the opportunity to interact in ways that were, you know, benign. They were, you know, not loaded with expectations of romance and sexuality and all these things. It was just learning how to be together. Because when boys and girls are young, they play together. They don't even think about the boy-girl thing. Then they get to this age where it's like, oh, cooties. And then it's like hormones. And there are all these things. And by the time you get to middle school, which is the age range that I was teaching in when I first started working with you, it's very awkward to be with the opposite sex. And then you have this, you know, all these social expectations from media mostly about what you're supposed to do in the presence of a a guy if you're a girl or in the presence of a girl if you're a guy. And you were just creating simple opportunities like dance and social conversation that put them in a place to understand that you can just be you and to learn how to do that. Can you speak more to the importance of that? I know that was a long question. Oh, no, that's okay. You're talking about socialization and the simplicity of socialization. Socialization simply is building relationships. And unfortunately, relationships in 2023, they are damaged greatly. And it's mostly because of adults, because we're confused. Oftentimes, young people are confused. Many times, They need mentors, and therefore I took charge by putting them, seating them, male, female, male, female, and I taught them this. Socialization, building relationships has everything to do with expectations. I said, look, I know some expectations out there 
by your friends might be, okay, you're sitting next to a guy. You're sitting next to a girl. Is that your girlfriend? I said, absolutely not. When you meet someone, I said, you are building relationship. That's where the socialization comes in. You're building relationship to them, uh, with them. This is your brother and this is your sister. So far, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So expectations is everything. And as adults, I believe we are to help them define what expectations are, how they are to treat others or respect others, and how they are to be treated. Hmm. So uh, at this particular time in my life, I had not written a book just to summarize some of this. Hmm. And I call the book Get Noticed because I believe we all as God's children need to stand out. Doesn't matter what faith you are, but we need to stand out Mm -hmm. in our places and spaces. How do we do that? Identity is everything. I wrote the book Get Noticed because I believe we need to stand out and have healthy socialization, realizing that we have great value. So what does it mean to be male and female? We have, there are three Bs, voice, value, and vision. Our voice is, is expression. We need to be free to express ourselves. Value, we're priceless because we have many gifts. Your book speaks of that. Mm-hmm. Worthy, our vision is we must discover what our passion is in life and what we're good at. Mm-hmm. Why did you think, what do you think was the the benefit of mixing up the boys and girls together and giving them that practice, just being with each other? Okay, because I believe males and females approach life differently. Mm-hmm. I believe that females, it's been proven in statistics that they care much more about their appearance, their grooming, their nails, whether they have a certain or a particular hairstyle. All of that's really important to them, even from a young age. And so their approach to life and what they think about and what they're concerned about. And I don't believe this is old fashioned. I know some people think, well, you know, guys care too about their haircuts or whether they have one or not. Well, not so much. Hmm. I think guys are more drawn to their ability to be in control and take control and to prove themselves in that way. Now you have a little boy and you have a girl. Have you found that to be true? I would say yes. And if they get to an age where they have no adults helping them to deliberately be in spaces with the opposite sex, I think they're more likely to be influenced by these kind of fake ideas from outside of themselves about 
this is supposed to be your girlfriend and you have to be romantic with every person. You have to be awkward if you're not romantic and all these things. And I think the work that you have done and that you do helps to make it easy to just be and learn how to have healthy platonic relationships, which is the foundation of most relationships in life. Exactly. I think I I mentioned that before. We young people, whether they're eight or 18, at that age, they want to gravitate towards their friends. My six-year-old grandson, he says, well, that's, that's not what uh, Lawrence says. <laughs> and I, I'll make a comment. He goes, well, that's not what Lawrence says. So what does that tell me? He has developed high regard for Lawrence and Lawrence's opinions. Mm-hmm. So when there, when young people are in that age group, like I said, eight to 18, they, instead of having their own identity, they're reaching out for the socialization and relationship to develop a strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. That's what I really believe. I had a conversation with a girlfriend this morning and she said, I didn't have girls around me when I, a lot of girls, because we had all boys in our home. And then my mom wasn't around a lot because she was working. And so I was very fragile when it came to my femininity. But I had this one woman when I was getting married, I was looking for a dress. She helped me with find a dress. I was rushing around. I was very confused and feeling a lot. They're actually uncertain. I felt in love, but uncertain about getting married. Mm-hmm. And she sat me down and she said, she looked into my eyes and she said, and how are you? Mm-hmm. With a big smile. And she said, she brought tears to my eyes because she said, until that moment, until I got to know this woman and we became friends, uh, you know, she was 30 years older than myself, but she became like a mom and a mentor to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought about this woman because I happened to know her because she was a mentor to me too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I write about her in my book. When we have no one will take the time to define our femininity or our maleness, then we have no one to look up to. We have no one to really, you know, define, well, who, what does this mean for me? Mm -hmm. This woman took interest in her. Are you okay? Are you nervous? What's it like to be in love right now? So that she could just express herself. Mm. Yes, I'm nervous. I, I I feel like I love him, but I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with him. Is this going to end up in a divorce? Like my mom, she ended up in a divorce. These are the questions men, young boys and girls have. So mentors are extremely important to help us with our socialization. I love that. Thank you. I know that you also took on this, you know, kind of assignment to uh, raise up and and strengthen women. So I guess my question is, 
how do you decide what next uh, frontier to take on? Mm -hmm. I love that you uh, call it a frontier because no matter what, whatever you you embrace in your life, whether it's a career, parenthood, being a grandmother. Now I'm a grandmother. At that time, I was a parent. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to culture, which is outside of your home, if you want to uh, be the change you want to see in the world, which is a, a um, I guess you could say, I kind of captured that with the Gold Medallion Foundation, my nonprofit, when we were working together, be the change. That's what I told the teenagers. They needed to to be the change that they wanted to see. If you're unhappy with your world and your space, how can you improve it? So that's where I live. I live in that space of if I don't, rather than complain, how can I be the change I want to see? So now, instead of working with teenagers, of course, there's a lot of work to do with teenagers, but instead of working with teens, there is even a new space working with women who want to be the change they want to see in the spiritual realm would be what I do now, coaching women who are spirit-filled in the spiritual arena. Why? I use that as my platform, Psalm 139. It was you, O God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. That's who, that's who Sweet Fire is. Mm -hmm. She's that little girl who knows she has that fire inside. Because she's been wonderfully, she's amazing because she's been wonderfully and remarkably made. So that's who I am. And I share that in the realm of spirituality with women who teach other women. Mm -hmm. They are as far as the spirit of God inside of them. And that's actually how my book came um, to be. That's why I created and I wrote my book. I wanted women to understand that we are body, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. Part, not just the beauty on the outside. I've done a lot of work with that. Not just the soulful thinking, intellectual part, but we're also spiritual. That resonates. Let me ask you. Can you think of a turning point in your life where you decided to own the unique power and purpose that is in you? Yes, I can. I was invited to model. Uh, I was on a college break, came to Washington, D.C. from West Virginia. And West Virginians are considered to be backward people. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why if the West Virginian has, has ever been to New York, it's, oh, and spent a, a summer with their grandmother, they'll say, oh, I'm from, I'm from New York or California. <laughs> Nobody wants to claim that they're from West Virginia, but I do, because I probably wouldn't have written a book if I was from California or New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's important that women and little girls claim who they are. Yes. You, your grandmother works in the fish market rather than on uh, Wall Street. You need to tell your story because you wouldn't, number one, you probably wouldn't be here. Or number two, you wouldn't be who you are. You wouldn't have the passion that you have. And so the way I choose, let me say this, the way I choose what I want to focus on next is where my passion is. And that's what, when I mentor women, find your passion. Mm-hmm. My passion is to uplift and to empower. Mm-hmm. So uh, first you have to start where you are. And in my world, I started off in West Virginia with no self-esteem. My passion is to help women find their self-esteem. I love it. Yeah. So uh, it started with a modeling program. That's that. That's how it, I, I decided in that modeling program when I won a prize in Washington, D.C., which is a pretty significant place. Uh, I was modeling in this program for my girlfriend who had gotten a, job, a summer job um, with the D.C. Department of Recreation. Hmm. All right. She's working with you. And I was uh, 17, and so I was a teenager, so I sort of fit in. Mm-hmm. I modeled, and I, I guess I was the best Wow, with no training. So I decided that, okay, I'm going to pursue this. Love it. So when you modeled, was that something you always saw yourself doing, or was that the turning point where you realized that you actually could make something of that and absolutely that's how I discovered I had talent I didn't know I had all right so many times that's where we find ourselves is what someone else looks at us and they say oh you have a beautiful smile oh wow I love the way you put your wardrobe together and so you begin to find yourself and you say oh really and when you say, oh, really, that helps you discover your fire, mm-hmm. Jahari. That helps you discover your fire. Watch what other people say about you. Yeah. If they say you're really mean, I mean, take note of that. You know, and go take some etiquette courses from Brenda Joyce Johnson. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I think, you know, you bring up an important point that is also embedded kind of quietly in Sweet Fire. It's not that it's giving permission, that the message of the book is giving permission to be, um, you know, bad mannered and, you know, have what they call a stank attitude. (laughs) Uh It's not that, but it is being able to walk that kind of balance between really being fully who you are, but also caring for other people, you know, and there's that, even that spread in the book where she's on a tightrope and she's, you know, kind of balancing all these different things that is, um, it kind of speaks to that. But I like, you know, what you said, sometimes the feedback that you get in the mirror of other people is going to show you something amazing about yourself you didn't know. By the way, I have decided that the word amazing is overused. I noticed that I use it a lot and everybody else seems to as well. So I'm trying to switch up my language a little bit. But, 
you know, the mirror of other people <laughs> will okay. show, show you things that are really um, noteworthy and outstanding about yourself, but they'll also show you things to correct. And that's a part of, you know, being a sweet fire is having that courage to face yourself as well and to improve. So I really like the way, you know, that you brought that that point up. Well, I'm, you know, I'm still doing that. I took a course called the Me Experience just about four months ago, the Me Experience. And I discovered a lot more about myself. So even though I am a proud senior citizen at this stage in my life, I am still discovering myself. And you, you, yeah, you know what you mentioned, sweet fire, reframing the narrative. I wrote that down. Mm -hmm. Reframing the narrative. We tell our girls about their possibilities. Yes. That sentence. I loved it. Possibilities. Yeah. Reframing. Every day we can do that. And women don't know that they go, oh, that's just the way I am. That's when you choose to be, if there's something you don't care for, maybe you do talk too much. Maybe you're silent all the time. You can rediscover. Now you said amazing. You you said that you, okay, so you chose, right? You chose to use some other words. In Psalm 139, 13 is what I read. It uses the word wonderfully made. Since you're wonderfully made, you're remarkably made. Those are some new words. Yes. Amazing is is pretty amazing too. <laughs> <laughs> I like amazing. Yes. Yes. It does kind you of know, it communicates, right? It does. It does communicate. It does. And I should probably clarify, I don't want to retire the word amazing. I want to make sure that I don't use it for everything, you know. Oh, that chicken is amazing. Oh, this you know, water bottle is amazing because then it will lose its its power. But you're right. <laughs> you're right. It is a, a really evocative word. Um, let me ask you this. What is one thing you wish society would say more to our girls as they develop? You have a voice. I'll repeat what I said earlier. You have a voice. It needs to be heard. The name of my book, the first book I wrote is Get Noticed. Insider Secrets to a Confident and Classy Image. Insider Secrets, there are some secrets you have on the inside of you you need to express with your voice. It won't be anyone else's voice. You need to discover your own voice. I want to say that. You you need to discover also your value. Owning your voice, your value... And um, finding your vision. I found my vision is to empower one person at a time. And I reach out to pull others in to my life. Don't be selfish with your skills and your value and your voice. Share it. Wow. I love that. Is there anything else that you think is worth saying about this whole idea of being fully who you were created to be and 
really operating in excellence in whatever that looks like, whatever that okay. is. Okay. My second book is Get Noticed, The Get Noticed Woman. She is the sweet fire woman. My name is, my, my name, I told Jari, is Brenda. Brenda means flaming sword. Hmm. And people had an opinion of me and they said, uh, they kept calling me, oh, she's so sweet. And I didn't like it. It just seems too soft and zerpy. And I wanted to be powerful. But that's what people see. They and, and I know that's because they see me as endearing. And I am. But I'm also a fire. Yes. Okay. That's my name. Yeah. I'm a fire. And I will I will bring you in and warm you. But everything we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because without him, I wouldn't have any fire. I would have no reason to warm anyone because, as I said, started off saying I was a very sad little girl who became a woman who can now light up some other folk. I can be my true flaming sword only because I discovered the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Well, well, I think that's pretty powerful. And I think... That may be a good place to land. So I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your ever-present willingness to operate in your unique fire. And thank you for spending time with us today. And please, whatever you do, Lady Johnson, keep letting your fire light up the world. (laughs) Thank you for this opportunity, Jahari. I have thoroughly enjoyed these moments that I've spent with you and your audience. Love it. I'll see you soon. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. It is our hope that you have been inspired, encouraged, and most of all, empowered to keep letting your fire light up the world. See you next time.